Episode negative six of the Parlay Boys. This week, we got college football. Uh, Pitt against Notre Dame of a lot of good wins. Lou gets into his three teams, Notre Dame, Texas, West Virginia. Are they good? Are they bad? Uh, we got the other big college games. We got Washington, Oregon, Georgia, LSU, Wisconsin, Michigan, as well as the full slate of NFL, uh, and, and many more. We talk about the college football landscape. Uh, follow us, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, at Parlay Boys. Jack, play the music. back episode negative six boys let's go jeff how do we do all right so in last week's episode lucas went five and six. Oh boy uh kevin <laughs> took one more game which helped him get to six and six oh, or, record or i took one more uh premier league game that hurt me yeah it just depends how you look at it yeah. can we just talk about the nfl's trash i don't know we you can't uh, pick in this league so we're looking at we're looking at the sheet right now and lou went one and three and i went two and two uh, specifically because of a game that I would like to get out of the way early because I know Jackson Payne. Uh, this Falcons-Pittsburgh uh, Steelers over 57.5. Thick. Thick over thick. <laughs> versus the skinny pick. And I don't have the numbers, but the listeners on the Twitter poll, I think it was like 11 or 12 to 1. And I was vote. the one. And you, <laughs> I knew you were the one. I got the guy next to me on the plane to vote for it too. So, uh, what... How do you, how do you feel about taking an under? You still like taking unders? You no, know, because it's like every everything that's positive in the game that's good for a sport is like against what you're trying to do. And I, I brought this up last week. It it just like hurts the entire time you're watching it. Whereas over you're cheering for fun. The under is the anti fun bet. It's the skinny bet. It's the anorexic bet. And this this is the perfect example of a game where the over shouldn't have hit. It was a fumble with like three minutes left in the end zone. I was sitting there. I was dead in the water. You were probably you probably stopped watching it because you didn't want to root for more pain. I was on the orange line, so I couldn't even watch it, which made it so much worse. But that, I was trying to follow GameCast. That's the that's the greatest part about betting, though. You think you're dead in the water, and all of a sudden, with 45 seconds left, you get a hail mary bomb of a touchdown. It was a trash touchdown, but you are the happiest person in the world, and that's yeah. the ebbs and flows of betting, and that's why we love it. Picking, yeah. picking, picking. We're a picking contest, Not and picking. when we're picking. Uh, shout out Colby, finished over 500. Guest picker, he did better than both of the Parlay boys. Chiefs, Colby, well done. I was talking about the roulette wheel. You never, like, red or black, you ride, you ride the, the heater. heater. And uh, we jumped off the heater, and we paid for it. 5-0 and Chiefs, are they the best team in football? We shall debate later on. Looking at the college board, Bama, uh, that was that was a tough one, too. Uh, hey, really, the over hit though. The over was done in the first half. Basically, it was fifty-one out of fifty-five. I, they just are still keep riding so those good. overs, baby. Yep. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma. That was who? Texas. Are they elite? Well, let's just get into that right now because there's not many other games on here that I see. We'll catch up on some of the other ones, but I, I want to stop and talk about Texas because I want to give you your your time to shine. You picked them as a dark horse, and I laughed at you, and then I. Buried you after they lost to Maryland. <laughs> so, what do you got? What, like, what is this Texas team? They're good, and normally they're known for their defense, and their defense is playing really good ball. But their offense is clicking, and I don't know if Oklahoma's defense is that bad, but Texas is oh look good. Uh, Ellinger was throwing the football all around. He's got some good wide receivers, and what we said too, the running back was just going to run it down their throats. They dominated the line of scrimmage, Texas. I'm looking at their schedule when they, they got up, upcoming. They're home against West Virginia, so 
West Virginia is another team I'm on, so that's going to weed it out. I, I want to stop you there because I was going to ask you about West Virginia next because I know you're high on them too. And what, like, obviously they play each other, so the ball has to drop and one of them is going to lose. Two questions. One, who do you think is going to win? And two, who do you want to win? Who do you want? Like, which of these teams do you like more at this point in the season? West Virginia. Okay. Uh, I was hoping you were going to say that because you've been riding them. They've been my team all year. I just thought that Texas was a team that if they did come together, that they were going to be really good. When you look at Texas' schedule, West Virginia is their big game. They play Okie State at Okie State and at Texas Tech. I don't think they should lose those games. So now when we're talking about the college football playoff, West Virginia, let's real quick address them. They got a really tough slate at Texas. They got to play at Texas, then home versus TCU, at Okie State, home versus Oklahoma. If West Virginia comes out of there, they're in the top four. I think the three number three team in the nation. If Texas rides out, they're going to be the fourth, third or fourth ranked team in the nation. Right now, my college football top four. So ACC is not going to have everyone in. Absolutely Clemson not. will lose. I don't know if it's against NC State or in the ACC championship. Clemson's out. I don't think the SEC is going to get two teams in this year. It's starting to get parity. They're all beating each other. You think one team's bad, and then they beat the next team. So we have an LSU versus Georgia. I think these teams are going to start weeding each other out. The SEC East is a lot better with Florida playing really well. So I have Bama, Notre Dame, West Virginia, or Texas. And then I have the Big Ten winner, whether that's Ohio State or Michigan. Okay. Um, My thing is the Big 12, one, I, I want it to be known that I don't really like to look at the FPI like the how they base their projections on you look at the ESPN app and it's like 80% chance to win. There is something to be said that they think West Virginia will lose three of their last four. They have them losing to Texas, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma. I don't think either of the Big 12 teams will get in. I think one of them, they'll probably split it. I don't. I would assume that they'll both go to the Big 12 title. One will win in the regular season, one won't. One will win in the title game, whatever. Uh, Bama's clearly getting in. Uh, I think Notre Dame... They have too easy of a schedule the rest of the way, and they're dominating teams right now. Yep. So I think that's pretty safe to pick them. Uh, Georgia seems to be dominating, and we'll get more into Georgia when we talk about Georgia LSU. And that four spot, I mean, if Clemson beats NC State, they don't have to play anybody else. And it's, seen, it's at home, off a of bye week. It doesn't seem like they're going to lose. I that's Right now it's my top four. It's whatever order you want to put them in, ND's probably four. But that's just where I'm leaving it. It seems to be the safest and most likely. Okay, so now I have a hypothetical because this is, I mean, we're at the halfway point of the season. The, the college football landscape is starting to shape out. If Notre Dame goes undefeated, Bama goes undefeated, you have an undefeated Ohio State, and let's say West Virginia goes undefeated or Texas goes runs the table the rest of the way and only has one loss. One so loss, Maryland, Texas. Maryland in week one. One loss, Texas will not get Over it. a Clemson that's in the worst conference in the country. Undefeated Clemson, yes. In the ACC? Yes. Strength of schedule, it's this is again, these are people that are ranking these. I, I don't know if they get in. But what about this though? So if you think about like a Georgia, for example, if they go undefeated quotes with their only loss being in the SEC championship game to an undefeated Bama, they like they have to get in. You can't dock your only law your only loss being Bama, who is clearly leaps and bounds ahead of everybody else. So then you have Georgia, Bama, and then Notre Dame because how do you kick out Notre, an undefeated right. Notre Dame? Yes. And then I don't know what you do because you have undefeated Ohio State. You have uh, the undefeated Clemson. You have the one-loss Texas in this scenario. Yep. It's. I mean, what if Michigan runs the table and their only loss is to Notre Dame by seven points at Notre Dame? Oh, God. I mean, if, if, they beat, if they beat Penn State 
they beat Ohio State, and then they have to go back and beat, I would say, Wisconsin in, in the Big Ten Championship, championship game. Yeah. And their only loss is Notre Dame at seven, and that was Shea Patterson's first game with the team. I, and I, Notre Dame's already getting in, so it's the same argument with the Bama, Georgia. Yeah. So, so then those are your four teams. Right, and then in that you, scenario. you kick out the Big 12 and you kick, I mean, Pac-12, that's trash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're already just assuming that oh, yeah. we can just skip every Pac-12 game for the rest of the year in this but thought. The, I just think that the ACC this year, like you don't have a Florida State that's competing. Syracuse almost beat them. Now, Grant, again, it's just humans. They understand that the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, went down. But who like what are their good games? They beat Texas Texas A and M at Texas A and M. They only won by two points though. So if A and M ends up with three four losses, that's their best game. Yeah, like it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard on both sides because you're going to say they're an undefeated team and you can only play who's in front of you. Yeah, but then you're also going to say you should have went out and scheduled a harder not in conference, but they did because A and M was supposed to be good. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of things that you could say with that. This um, is, but this is the funnest part of the year. I mean, you yes. get you get to debate every single scenario. We have conference schedules that are starting to heat up. Yep. This is this is the greatest time in college football. Yeah, are you ready to get into it? I'm ready to get into it. All right, first game of the week. We got Pitt plus twenty one at Notre Dame. Um, I get so I get the whole like Notre Dame. It's going to be a letdown because they had a few big wins: the Stanford, Virginia Tech against a, what everyone was saying was a hard place to play, which. If you actually look back, they haven't won a night game there since like 2003, and it was versus like North Carolina or Maryland or somebody. I forget who it was, but like it wasn't a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, Pitt is 105th out of 129 FPS teams in rushing defense. Jesus. So you're telling me that Notre Dame gets a home game versus basically the worst rushing defense in the nation, and they're getting 200 yards on the ground per game? That's. Like they're going to be able to move the ball whenever they want. They're going to jump out to the seven zero lead. Pitt will not be able to play from behind. They got blown out by Penn State. They got blown out by UCF, and they're about to get blown out by ND. Notre Dame is playing the best ball potentially in the country behind Alabama, and I just have a really simple take. Ian Book missed two games. Dexter Williams missed four. These guys are stat stuffing now. These guys want to staff stat stuff, and they want to have two hundred yards rushing for Dexter Williams. Book wants to throw for 300 every game. These guys want to be known as some of the best players in college football. So against a pit team with a bye week after this, they're going to win by 45. Uh, <laughs> and my last thing with this is just to give context to that pit being the 115. Uh, Wake is 121st out of 129 in rushing defense, and ND beat them by 30. Oh, my God. And that was at Wake, right? Or was that a home game? doesn't even matter. Yeah, that was home. Okay. I was going to say. If Wait, it was no, at, that was at Wake. So, Oh, wait, and now yeah. they're going home? Because it was Winston-Salem. Yeah. Was that, yeah. that was Hurricane. Oh, it was the, yeah, it was, yeah, the Winston-Salem. <laughs> Hurricane right. You know what? Regardless, wherever it was played, 30 points. Take the 21. Easy. Next game, uh, Georgia minus a juicy 7.5 points. It's a lot of freaking points. 7.5 points at LSU. And this is where we get into the heart of the conference schedules. Teams are beating each other up. You have LSU-Georgia. This is going to be an absolute bloodbath. LSU, they lost last week, but that was on Tim Tebow Day. It was Jesus' day. I don't understand how you still didn't take Florida in that. I'm so mad at myself. I told you to take them straight up. Straight up. I didn't have a great week regardless, so hopefully you guys didn't all follow me. But hopefully you followed Jesus Christ and Tim Tebow because that was amazing. Their defense is playing really well. Uh, LSU, they had a pick six. Uh, They threw a pick six. Uh, They gave up another kind of garbage touchdown. So... I don't think that was indicative of their team this week. Jack, Jack you got something? Yeah, I, I did bring this up to you guys, but 
I was at the UT game. I wasn't going to say that either, but I was at the UT game, and speaking of Tim Tebow Day, Texas ran the Tebow pop pass for their like second touchdown, wow. and I was just yelling. <laughs> I felt like you were speaking through my mouth. I'm like, that was for Tim Tebow! All the people around me were like, so stuck in the Texas... like. Like, that's all that matters mindset. Like no one else like, picked up on wait, it. Who is Tim Tebow? Who are yeah. you talking about? And then this guy who's sitting next to me who weirdly looked that, exactly like Harvey Weinstein. I thought you were gonna say strange. who looked like Tim Tebow. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is just gonna be right. He looked like Harvey Weinstein. He was like he's like, Oh yeah, man, it's like Tim Tebow, I know what you're talking about. And we had a good little moment and I dedicate that to you being all over Tim Tebow. Dude, Tebow Day. Tebow Day. So some of the other things too, uh LSU, they had a tight end touchdown pass against them. Their defense isn't gonna let it happen. They gave up two hundred yards rushing or so. It's not going to happen again. Uh, I like Joe Burrow to overcome. He had two interceptions. I don't think that's going to happen. It's eight, It's seven and a half points. This is going to be an absolute bloodbath. I'm going to take the points and LSU at home. Go Tigers. Uh, so I was reading an article. Uh, it's, it's about the 2003 LSU team. And this is the Nick Saban years at LSU. And a lot of people forget that Nick Saban coached at LSU. Won a national championship with LSU. Uh, so it was when they were still in that... Are we a dominant school? Are we just going to keep kind of getting eight and nine wins in the SEC? And George comes to town, and it's a day game, and no one really knew what to do with day games at LSU. It was kind of that Virginia Tech mindset of don't go play there at night, but a day game is whatever. So it's Georgia 7, LSU 11. Uh, Crazy day. They win. This guy, Skylar Green, catches a 34-yard touchdown pass with a minute left after Georgia scores with five minutes to go and (laughs) pumps the stadium back up. All the bars are going nuts. The entire stadium's going crazy. And the kicker is it's 15 years anniversary of this game. Skylar Green is an honorary captain. Wow. This is the Tim Tebow effect all over again. <laughs> and I am so far in on LSU. It's not even funny. <laughs> Let's go, Tigers. Wow. I am so pumped about this. This is going to be a great game. I mean, you're giving... The Tigers, seven and a half a touchdown at home. You're giving them the hook? We talked about the hook? Yeah, we, we got the hook. We got the hook. We got to get this in right now. We're getting the hook. We need to get the hook. All right, we're just, everybody, just put the house on LSU. What Next game, Washington, minus three, at Oregon. And this is the game we decided before the podcast. We were bouncing around. We don't really know where we're going. Uh, this is the video better of the week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I will give you the context first of... The loser, since Lou will be in Washington for work, uh, Lou said we should try to theme this something with nature. So then my brilliant brain said, well, (laughs) why don't we just climb a tree? (laughs) So the rules are the loser has to climb a tree that is at least two times their height. Yeah. Deal? Yeah, deal. Perfect. Uh, Because I will be taking Washington minus three. (laughs) Washington won 70 to 21. At Oregon in 2016, and last year at home they beat them 38 to three. Every game, like the six or seven years before that, Oregon was dominating the series. Washington didn't even cover; they pushed one of the last like seven of those. Miles Gaskin is running well again. Last year he was supposedly hurt, maybe, and he still ran for over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Jake Browning is getting back to what he's used to. That Auburn game was weird, and he's finally, hopefully, finding his groove. Um, as long as he keeps this together, he's 508 yards, eight touchdowns, one pick versus Oregon in those two games. Uh, this team has put the Auburn game behind them. They're in a sweet spot where you lose an early game, 
versus a good scheduled non-conference, whether Auburn is good or not, we don't really know yet. But at least they, the committee would see that they scheduled a tough non-conference game to open the season. If they were to win out, you might have to throw them into that argument of all those teams that we made. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that Washington knows this, and they're thinking about it, and they're going to be pumped up for this game. And I'm going to take the three points. So in all these same respects, Oregon is coming off a bye. And I love that they've been absolutely destroyed the past two years because for one week they were just they were just simmering in it. Like, how, how do we prepare for Washington? How does it not happen again? I hope that they're just showing game tape of those two games. And this is going to be the year they come back. Uh, I think when you look at these stats, like, neither of these teams really jump out at the table. Like, Washington still gave up 24 points at UCLA. UCLA is a trash team. Only put up 31 against them, and teams are blowing the shit out of UCLA. Uh, I don't think Browning's actually back. I think I don't know what's going on with Browning. He just doesn't look the same he was last year. I think still Herbert, he's now in talks that he might be the number one pick as a, the quarterback gone out. Uh, I like this Oregon team. It's at home. I had the hook before we, we recorded this today. Uh, so I really like that extra little bit of a hook. Uh, there's just nothing that really like kind of pops out of me on either team. Washington D's better, but Oregon's always better. So I think this evens out. I think a three-point game is about right, and I'm going to take Oregon at home. I mean, I, I'm i a little worried because I do agree with you that probably during the bye they just showed every single touchdown that they scored in the blowout two years ago at Oregon. But I'm still going to say Oregon's still young. They're still learning. And I think Washington knows that Browning has dominated this team in the past. And that's one of those things where it's just second nature. It kind of clicks and you go. Yeah. I mean, if I have to climb a tree, I haven't climbed a tree in two years. Uh, probably more than that. No, about like probably four years. I think I, my last year at college, I climbed a tree. I haven't climbed a tree since I was like 12. Oh, no, I definitely climbed trees in Bloomington. Uh, uh, like our last day, I think we were venturing around campus. I think we climbed a couple trees. I was wondering why you accepted this bet so easily. Yeah, I was definitely down <laughs> to go climb some trees. And I'll be in nature. So I'll actually be in Washington and Oregon. So that's what scares me too, that I'll be in Washington for the uh, the actual game, but then I'll be in Oregon on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So, And if we can parlay this, though, into a little intro of next week, I will be traveling for work. I will be in Wo- Oregon. So Kevin... Do you want to tell the listeners about next week? Yeah, so next week we're going to try something weird. Uh, it's just going to be me, and Jack's going to chime in a little bit, and we're going to see how it goes. Uh, we're going to see if we can make a solo episode work, because there will be times when I'll be gone, or Jack will be gone, and we'll just kind of have to figure out how to do it without the three of us. Uh, so we're going to test it out. So listen in for that. Uh, hopefully it's good. Give me your feedback, and hopefully Lou comes back. <laughs> The week after, so I don't have to do that again. <laughs> I mean, and we'll still have the video by the week. That's not going to Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We'll have a pre-recorded take of what I'm yeah. taking. Lou will give me takes. I'll feed them in, but... I mean, I'm one and four in this right now. We need we need to come back, and I think this is it. I yeah. think it's Oregon. The All Bucks. Right. Moving on. Chunky Kev. Thick. Four C's. Thick. Pick of the week. 2-0. Taking UCF minus four points at Memphis. These teams played twice last year. UCF dominated both of those games, and they covered both times as well. Uh, Earlier this week, and basically the last three, Memphis has been asked about this game, and they've been saying that it's a rivalry game. Uh, And when the UCF players were asked about (laughs) if this was a rivalry game, they literally said, 
Uh, we have teams south of us in Florida. Those are our rivals. <laughs> this is just another game to us. That is how little they think of Memphis. UCF is 13th in the FBS in team defensive passing efficiency, and Memphis has the fortune of playing three of the worst teams in that category. I think their def- their offense is going to get locked down. And as much as I hate to say this next part, the over opened at 77 and it's moved up to 81. I think you actually have to pick the under in this game. Wow. All, everything I've ever said, you always pick overs, life's too short, you don't want to cheer for badness, you don't want to cheer against yourself, against these teams. 81 is too many points. I don't think Memphis is going to score at all. I think UCF's going to blow them out. UCF minus four and a half is an easy pick for me, and that is my thick pick of the week. We had Memphis over Tulane, and it was the saddest game we've ever watched. Correct. It was the Friday Memphis special. We thought we were running it back, and then they looked like trash. Yes. So, and Tulane looked like the goofiest team. It looked like they were like Tulane a, like is not a good. D one double A team. Tulane D2. is not. I think a D one double A team that was the top of the cream of the crop could probably beat that Tulane team. Their quarterback had arms that were as skinny as ours. It, I, I don't know how you don't take UCF in this, too. I know that I wasn't allowed to ride UCF last week because I couldn't jinx the mojo because that was the first thick pick. But can I get in on this You now? can get in on this. Because that just seems like free money. And I just want to make this clear to the listeners. I'm not advising the under. I'm just saying if you were to choose, I would lean that way. I'm, da- I'm going to stay away from that. I'm just taking UCF minus four and a half. Um, and next... We got lose pick salty. What are, are we calling it? The salty pick. What are we calling it? Well, it's a salty pick that was rebranded from the sweetest pick because I just keep on losing them. So we're so we're, salty we're, then sweet. We're sweet then salty, and uh, now it's just continued being salty. Salty. And if you just pick my against my saltiness, you'd be three and up. So I think that I think we found our little like our, the little mojo. So pick. So pick, go with the thick pick. Fade the salty pick. Oh, 100%. Because right. my saltiness, I think, co- like covers me. It, it doesn't let me see clear. Yeah. Uh, so Who are we salty and, on this week? So we have Texas A&M minus two at South Carolina. So last week, I hopped on the Kentucky bandwagon. Uh, per the podcast, it did not cover because it was plus five and a half. They, uh, Kentucky lost by six to Texas A&M. Now, granted, we were on them the day of, so we had the Kentucky plus six, so that was pretty nice. Uh, at least we got the push, but going into going into this week now, A and M's only two losses is Clemson by two when we're still trying to figure out Jimbo, and then they lost to Bama by twenty two. But I think we both can agree, and probably all the listeners can agree, that was a well played game. A and M was able to move the ball, and probably has given Bama the best shot that they've taken so hey, far this year. A and M covered Bama. Covering Bama is like beating Bama at this point. Yeah, like Kellen Mond, Mond is a legit college quarterback, so. South Carolina, I just I know they're at home, but I just kind of like the way this Texas and A and M is playing. A and M has beat the teams they should beat. Uh, Jimbo has the, the team in the right mindset. You know, he had the one player by the face mask, and everyone on Twitter was freaking out about it. I think it was two weeks ago, but even the player came out and goes, "No, I hope my coach would do that if I'm acting that much out of line." I love that type of response. That means these this team, they're not going to lose to teams they shouldn't lose to, and they're going to play teams that they probably should lose to well. So I like Texas A&M minus two at South Carolina. Love that. But the listeners might want to fade that. The saltiness yeah. has a trend. 
I, I, I'm, I'm I, iffy now. I, I think liked I'm all, actually I liked, like I liked all the analysis. I'm actually like less salty on this one. I think it was just more of that A and M. Like, should we should we go back watch. to the sweet loop pick of the week? I think this is the sweet loop pick of the all week. Right, let's call it a sweet one. You know what? It's not salty. It's sweet. Ride with it. Colorado plus seven at USC. This could be some saltiness. I this is like I don't know how Colorado is being disrespected right now. It's unbelievable. Plus seven? Are you kidding me? I granted I get there at USC, but. Who has USC played well and beat? I couldn't tell you. They beat Wazoo. I guess Wazoo's all right, but they beat him by three. They only beat Arizona by four, and we know Arizona's trash. They got murdered by Texas, which I know Texas is good, but Colorado, they've been playing really good ball. Montez is a legit, solid, very solid quarterback. Uh, Chenault is going to win the best wide receiver in college football this year. This team is really solid that you're giving us seven points. JT Daniels looks very much like a freshman that left after his junior year of high school. Let's not forget that. This guy should be in his senior year of high school right now, and he's starting for USC playing in the Pac-12. Colorado's 5-0. and USC's not going to cover. And just a little fact, Colorado's 4-1 versus the spread. USC is 1-4. They will not cover seven points at home. I'm, I'm all in on this. I... They're dominating these teams because I was going to say the same thing. Is they're four and one against the spread, and their only loss against the spread was to the University of New Hampshire, and that spread was thirty-seven and a half points. Why would you ever make a spread, which rightfully so, I mean it worked for a Colorado New Hampshire game, <laughs> thirty-seven and a half points? They won by thirty-one, so they were close. I wonder how much Colorado had to play University of New Hampshire to play like, them. I just I love when those facts come out. Like Darren Robell's like, "Yep, uh, Colorado had to pay him like three million dollars to play University of New Hampshire." Like I don't I don't get Fly it. Fly him out, keep him in the nice hotels, <laughs> that whole thing. Hey, you guys get a free trip to Colorado if you guys want. There you go. I we're mean, riding. Yeah. We're riding Colorado. U- USC still got a lot to prove. Colorado is five and zero. Oh. They're also have a lot to prove. They're trying to say that hey, we are real. We're here to stay. Five and zero. Oh. Ride Colorado. And now. Everybody's favorite, Wisco, pick of the week. Here's Yanni. What do we got? Boys, how are we doing? Good. Yanni, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm going to go up and pick Wisco this week. What do you think? It's Wisco, and we're actually going to talk about, this is going to be interesting. We would like you to sit here and talk with us. Uh, It's Wisco plus nine at Michigan, everyone's most hated school. Michigan, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Michigan. The one and only Michigan. Not Paw, what was it? Paw Tuckett. Paul Kapski skate. Paul Kapski skate. So Michigan, this is a weird set I found. Michigan's averaging 8.7 penalties a game, which is 120th in the NCAA. I love those stats because that means your team is clearly not well coached. And I've been saying for a while that I do not think Harbaugh is as good of a coach as everybody thinks he is. Uh Wisco's scoring at a 95% rate in the red zone, and Michigan is giving up a 92% scoring rate in the red zone. So as long as Wisconsin can just move the ball a little bit, and both these teams have very good defenses, so I expect this to be low scoring, and this is like we always say, the NFL scores, like a nice 14-10. If Wisco can get one or two drives into the red zone, you know they're going to score with those stats. They get 10 points, they get 14 points, I think they win this game. Yeah, I mean... I think Wisco's in a good place where I think if we went out, I think we're going to make the championship. Oh, here we <laughs> go. You <laughs> now we got to add you another made, team to the college landscape. You missed the whole entire introduction because they are going to play no one from here on out. So they, if they win this, that's their only quality win. 
Well, they would make it to the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, and then they're going to lose. And their loss to BYU wouldn't look that bad because BYU might. They were ranked for what? They were ranked at some they point. They lost again to Washington, who is going to dominate Oregon this Wait, week. Hold on, we're going to fact check this because I'm pretty sure BYU lost again last week. Oh, too. probably. I'm just saying. I was I was pulling in the Washington thing, um, but I'm with you, Yanni. Uh, what you got to take Wisconsin this week? Nine points is way too many. Oh yeah, I don't know about money line, but I would take Wisconsin with nine Yeah, points. no, you're not going to take Wisconsin straight <laughs> up. I mean, I would. At the big house in Ann Arbor. Okay, BYU's 3-3. Three and three. Uh, They didn't lose necessarily last week, but... Oh, yeah, Utah State University. Okay, so... Utah State's got some boys this year. Okay, get out of here. They lost 45-20. <laughs> to 20. So, this is where... I, I we, we were debating whether this was going to be the video bet of the week, and I thought that this was actually going to be my kind of reverse loo on this one because all I could think of was just hammer Wisconsin... Get the, the line's rising to nine. You're getting nine points as Wisconsin. But I think I'm just starting to get on the bandwagon that Wisconsin's just not that good. They really don't have they don't have a quality win. Iowa, they won 28-17. I don't think that's a quality win. Uh, they haven't beat anyone else. Like The teams that they played, like Western Kentucky, University of New Mexico, not necessarily the blowouts you'd expect. So what I think that's going on is that so 61% of the uh, – betting population is going Wisco, but yet this line has gone from six and a half to nine. So I think that the smart money is saying that Michigan's going to get the ball. They're going to score on the Wisconsin defense. They're going to go up to 7-0. They're going to stop Wisconsin, and then they're going to score again because this offense is clicking. That's 14-0. They're going to take Jonathan Taylor out of this game. They're going to make Hornybrook try and beat him. And Hornybrook, I thought, was actually going to help lead them to the college football playoff earlier. Hornerbrook is now 100% a liability. So if you can get out to a lead, stop Jonathan Taylor, this actually nine points isn't that bad. And you think like, okay, get out 14, you get out to 17. It's Hornybrook versus Michigan D. Michigan D's playing really well. I, I will, I'm not scared about nine points. I'm riding Michigan. So I, I have two things. I think, and I, I think Yanni will agree with this, Hornybrook has always been a liability. Oh, yeah. I don't think every, anybody's Biggest ever expected him to be good, and everybody knows he's always been bad. Well, eh, okay. Don't talk right now. And seven, you just got up to 7-0, and then 14-0, and then 17-0, like it was nothing against this Wisconsin defense. Michigan struggled early against Maryland last year, last week. If they struggle early against Wisconsin, that defense will contain them. I'm saying Michigan will probably win, but... 17-0 against Wisconsin is an unrealistic number. Nebraska put up 24 points on that defense. If Nebraska can put up 24 points on that defense, I think Michigan put, can put up 42 on that defense. Wisconsin scored 41 points against them and was at Nebraska. Yeah, because well, Nebraska is one of the worst teams in college football. I'm just Scott Frost has lost that team. Like this is not his team. He needs to get his recruiting. It's like Todd Herman. Right, we're, not talking, we're not talking about Nebraska okay. right now. They are a trash football team. I agree. All right. Anyways, well, one thing though. Hornybrook, do you do you remember that Miami game? That's when I completely was just like, yeah, no, okay, Hornybrook's not a bad quarterback because he just single-handedly destroyed us in yeah. that game. And, that's and he's going to single-handedly destroy you and throw Michigan into the Dead Sea with Miami. I, I told you I'm going the opposite of what my dumb brain normally says of, okay, Wisconsin plus nine, give me Wisconsin and the points. I'm going against I'm going against the trend. All right. Michigan. All right. On to, Yanni, thank you, on to the Hawaii bet of the week. In the jungle, the mighty right. jungle. Right. So it's Hawaii plus 11 and a half at, well, now we know it's Lou's favorite, BYU 
Um, and I, I'm going to joke. Are we going to talk about this? Uh, I don't think we should because Hawaii 6-1. Hammer Hawaii. BYU's trash. On to the next game. Four. Sorry, listeners. There is no Kev's Premier League pick of the week. It is international break where all the soccer players go play for their home countries and all the shitty players who didn't make their home country's team go on vacation. On to the NFL games. Thanks for that analysis, Kevin, because I actually didn't know why there was no Premier League better of the week. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, I believe you have a shout-out to give to one Drew Brees. Drew Brees, one of the best of all time. Sealed the deal. Uh, just an absolute class act the whole entire time he was in the NFL. Uh, I'll actually, we and Jack were talking about this while watching the game. Like, I'll never forget that day when Drew Brees had just came back. Uh, he just came to the Saints. It was Monday Night Football, first game after Katrina. Yep. It was at the Superdome. Like, the crowd was absolutely electric. They were playing Mike Vick and the Falcons. Yep. And Green Day. And you too. Oh, yeah, it was Green Day yep. and you too. Yep. Up. I was I couldn't forget, remember who was the other band. And the Saints. Are coming. The Saints are coming. I recorded that on the TV and saved it as a ringtone. And I used to have either Virgin Mobile like uh, cell phone. I rocked that as my ringtone for as long as possible. There's like, there's not a more electric moment in sports than the punt blocked for a touchdown with like that was the first drive. It was two minutes into the game. So I told Jack I wasn't going to bring this up, but I just think this adds to the glory of the Parlay Boys. Uh, I was in eighth grade. Yes, I might have had a guy. And yes, I might have taken the Falcons. <laughs> Mike Vick. I had Mike Vick jersey. I just thought the Saints were going to have too much emotion, similar to how we had the Maryland game earlier in the year with Texas. And I was like, yeah, no, the Saints, they're garbage. I think they had won like three games a year before. And all eighth grade degenerate Lou had the Falcons. And when he actually blocked the punt, I stopped being mad about the game. I was like, I want the Saints to win. I want me to lose units because I'm an asshole. And... I was I couldn't I, I was like goosebumps it was amazing. So I have a question and this goes out to you too. So we all run the Twitter account collectively and I looked and I saw there was a tweet that said something to the effect of Drew Brees has thrown for forty one miles. Yep. Who figured this out? So when we were watching the game, I saw like the actual yardage total it was like seventy two thousand yards or something, and in my, my head it was just like. That is so many yards. Like, so that's so many, so much area covered. Then I was like, Yanni, how many feet is that? Then he did the feet. Then I'm like, what? How many miles is that? It's 41 miles that Drew Brees has thrown a football successfully on an NFL field to a receiver who's caught that ball on the other side. 41 miles. Some people that grow up on like in like a distant like you know, like a, a town in the middle of nowhere, have never traveled that far in their entire lives. And he's thrown it on an NFL football field. So for the Chicago listeners, that would be you leaving Wrigley Field and throwing a football successfully. Again, I love that kind of point that a receiver still had to catch the ball. Right. 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 Yep. Uh, he threw it successfully all the way to six flags. That's absurd. If you take the other stat that Jack had, you went from Central Park to New Jersey. And successfully throwing, successfully like throwing, throwing from Wrigley Field to someone on Raging Bull at the top, and they're catching it while they go down. And I think the favorite one that we had was Everett, Everest is twenty nine thousand feet. He threw it up and down Everest seven times. Oh my <laughs> lord! Drew Brees, shout out, shout out, Drew Brees. That you're, you're not talking best. about as one of the best quarterbacks of all time is an understatement because you are a class act. Well done. 
Um, now I have a question on the general NFL for you. Is any NFL team good? The Rams, the Chiefs, and the Bears. <laughs> and then is any... Well, get the Bears out of there. Is anyone good besides them? Because I feel like they all can beat each other. I'm Legitimately beat each other any week. I'm literally scrolling through this. Cincinnati's 4-1. and one. I, They're not. They're not. You're, not, gonna you're never going to trust Andy Dalton. Marvin and Marvin Lewis is no. going to Marvin Lewis. Should have been fired... Eight times in his fifty-one career, New, New England made themselves Bengals. susceptible. Uh, Green Bay just lost to Detroit, Green which bad. is a bad loss. Uh, Minnesota's looked better, but I, I mean, they they're prone to losing. Kirk Cousins, I don't think is going to win them a Super Bowl. Uh, I don't. There's no one. Cleveland, Baker Mayfield. But like on any given Sunday, Cleveland could come in and beat any team. Yeah, I, I think, I don't I think yeah, I think Cleveland's actually better. Th- like looking like a. Decent to average team this year that should get nine wins. They've looked better than Pittsburgh this year. Eh. Yeah. Eh. I mean, I think that's just Baker bias right now I have. Yeah, probably. Just, but let's get What have it. you done for me lately? Let's get into... I almost just hit Lou in the face. He freaked out a little bit at me. <laughs> um, that was on accident, of course. Uh, Eagles minus three at the Giants. Thursday night football. Um, I, I still don't really know what I like about this game. I'm leaning Eagles because I think the Giants... Came off a tough loss against Carolina. Uh, you're expected to win. Nobody hits a, what was it, 63 yards? 63 yards. Know, which, unbelievable. But no one expects that. They scored a touchdown right at the end. Assume they're going to win. So now they're let down. Short week. Eagles, tough game against the Vikings. The Vikings defense played really well. They were kind of didn't really know what they were doing in offense. But the Eagles don't have a running back. So this might be a stay away game for me. I I don't know. What are your thoughts? So JJ came out and ripped Doug Peterson too because they said that I think the stat was Carson went through it like 31 times and they only ran the ball 14 times. So they're doing exactly opposite of what won them a Super Bowl because they ran the ball down people's throats. They had all these different backs. They tried all these different unique plays and they just let Nick Foles not ruin a game for him besides the Super Bowl, which he was lights out. So I just... I don't know. I guess I'm like weary on this Eagles team. Carson Wentz still has to figure things out, get back to game speed. But the Giants are a train wreck. Like Odell is fighting coaches. Odell, like Shermer and him are having open battle. I think they hash it out. I don't know if they hash it out. Uh, yeah, I think I'm just gonna. I think I'm gonna take the Eagles because I just think that they're a better team. And I think the Giants are a train wreck. Go draft a quarterback next year. Yeah, this is a stay away for me. Uh, it's just short week. Too much going on. Uh, Bears minus three at Miami. So what was it about four, three weeks ago when we started the Quill Mac averaging and annualizing? Uh, and we said they'd use an MVP contender. Yeah. Of this NFL, like you have Goff, you have, uh, you have Khalil Mack, uh, who, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, obviously, but again, we'll see. Well, we'll Tom, see Bra- he- Tom Brady will be in the MVP contention when they finish 11 and 5. Yeah, and we'll see what Mahomes does against the Patriots. I'm very interested to we'll, see how Yeah, he does we'll get because, to that game, but yes. Uh, so, Bears, coming off a bye, it's been confirmed. Mitch is wearing his sleeve, shooter sleeve. Uh, so, I just like this Bears team. They got, uh, Miami got absolutely just out, out smoked by New England. I think that they're not as good as maybe we were thinking they were. Yep. Uh, also, probably that the Patriots just be decided to become the Patriots again. Uh, but the Bears minus three, I don't think the betters and Vegas believes in the Bears just yet, just because the Bears didn't play well at Arizona on the road with Mitch. Uh, I think the Bears coming off a bye. Oh, man, I love it. I'm in Bears minus three. Uh, the Dolphins have a lot of injuries. Devontae Parker is coming back, but he's still 
kind of hurt I'm reading, and then also apparently he doesn't get along with the team and they're trying to trade him. Uh, Laramie Tunsil still in concussion protocol. The Dolphins are 28th in points scored uh, and 30th in total yards gained, and they're going against the Bears defense. That's number one in defensive DVOA. Um, and DVOA, for anyone who doesn't know, it's defensive adjusted value over average, and it basically looks at every single play a team does. Um, you can look at offense or defense. So on defense, for example, it would say a third and five if you give up five yards to first down, but on a third and 15 if you give up five yards, that's great. So wow. it just takes into like any single factor, and the Bears are number one by about 15%, which is an insane Holy amount. Crap. It's unsustainable, but it's that defense going up against the worst offense. So as long as the Bears can put some points up, I have no problem taking them in this game on the road, off a bye. Love this. I love this Bears team. Love that. Uh, Next game, Steelers plus two and a half at Cincy. And I'm going to go more in-depth on the are these teams good? Is anyone good? Okay. Because here we go. And I just want your thoughts off the cuff. Pittsburgh, they tied Cleveland. They lost to KC. Almost came back and beat that team. They beat Tampa. Lost to Baltimore and beat Atlanta. Cleveland, average. Kansas City, good. Tampa, bad. Baltimore, probably good. Atlanta, bad. Atlanta, very bad. Okay. Cincy has played Indy, meh. Baltimore, said probably good. Uh, Lost to Carolina, probably good, but the Giants game was weird. Uh, They beat Atlanta, who's bad, and then Miami, who's also probably bad. Wow. So what do you, like, since he's 4-1, what do you do with either of these teams? It's two and a half point spread, and I think that's why it's so close. Yeah, and because Cincinnati probably would deserve a higher spread, uh, just because they're at home, they're playing really well. But again, this is AFC North; like nothing makes sense in this division right now. Uh, I think you, I would still probably go Steelers, just because I just still think that they're going to figure it out. Like one of the things that kind of is going unheard of is that you know they lost Todd Haley. Todd Haley knew how to operate that offense and operate all these different personalities. And this team right now is still trying to figure it out, and it's all without Le'Veon Bell. Uh, but the Bengals are going to Bengals, and they're not going to run away with the division like other teams could, like the Patriots could. Uh, I I think I'm just, I'm going to go with the Steelers until they completely put me in the dead sea because I just will. I just think they're a good team. I'm on the same page. Don't trust the Bengals. Steelers plus two and a half. Take it. Uh, next, I'm going to. Bucks Falcons over, and I don't want to get Jack back into it because he'll just rile him up again. Uh, this is 57 and a half points, which same spread as last week for those who remember. Uh, hammer the over. Going back to DVOA, these are the two worst defensive DVOA teams in the league going against each other. Uh, the Bucks give up 35 points a game, and the Falcons are up to 33 points a game. Uh, they're both averaging over 320 yards passing. And a good little tidbit is they're both averaging under 90 yards. I think the Bucks are at like 70 yards a game rushing, which means they're just going to throw the ball over the field and the clock's going to stop even if they get in completions. More time for scoring. Tampa Bay is giving up 370 yards a game passing. You're going to give me Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and that offense in the air. That's guaranteed to get them 400 yards. Take the points, 70 to 70. Uh, just take every person you have in fantasy and play them in this game. There's going to be points and yards everywhere. Jack, I want the over two. That just seems easy money. Uh, We're not scared of 57 and a half. Not and even this, a little bit. And this brings us into the next game, and I'm going to roll with it because Sean McVay got me so excited. So we have Rams minus seven at Broncos. Last week, Rams 
fourth down and two. Everyone saw it. They're behind. They're they're on their own forty eight yard line, and or it's fourth and inches. They're on their forty eight, and they go for it. And they run a quarterback sneak with Jared Goff to get them the first down and to do what the Giants, what other teams or the Cowboys, what they couldn't do. Sean McVay's quote was that we don't fear failure; we attack success. Our offensive line was moving the freaking off uh, defensive line. Jared Goff was ready to was like, "Give me the ball, I want it, Coach. I want it." We don't fear failure; we attack success. I am so in on this Rams team. I think they are the best team in football. Jared Goff can throw the football wherever he absolutely wants to on the field. Brandon Cooks, I don't know how Tom Brady couldn't figure out how to use him because Jared Goff obviously can. Cooper Cup, it's, <laughs> he's, he's a stud. Uh, they're playing the Broncos. Broncos are 0-4-1 versus spread. The Rams, 3-1-1. We've been saying that the Rams are just beating teams well. Uh they didn't cover against Seattle, but that's okay because they're just going to eat up the Broncos. The Broncos just lost to the freaking Jets. The Jets. Like, if you're talking about parody in the NFL and things that don't make sense, Sam Darnold beat the Broncos and Von Miller in that defense. Get out of town. Rams minus seven at Broncos. They're going to destroy him. I was so hesitant on this game, and I told Lou before that I wasn't making a pick. The second he said, we don't fear failure, we attack success. I'm on the Rams. Take the Rams. Minus seven. And why we're laughing right now is because Jack just wrote this out in front of us. We don't fear failure. We attack success. Sean McVay, Lucas Moore. <laughs> I will last, take that. Last game of the week. The best game of the week by all accounts. Chiefs plus three and a half at the Patriots. I'm literally deciding who I want right now. And I'm going to go with the Patriots. Minus three and a half points. At home. Tom Brady, under the lights, Bill Belichick is going to figure out how to freak out the Chiefs. I don't I don't know what he's going to do because this. I don't know who he has to do it on that defense. But this is the exact situation where you go in and you're like, I don't know how Bill Belichick's going to do it. And then Bill Belichick does it. He's got, Tom Brady's got all of his receivers back. This Chiefs defense is not good. They made Blake Bortles return to Blake Bortles. That's not hard to do. They're not. They're gonna regress to how they've been the rest of the season. Versus Tom Brady, he's got Edelman back, who is clearly his security blanket. Toss it all over there. Josh Gordon over the top. Gronk across the middle. They didn't use Gronk last week. He was a decoy. They'll use him this week. Sonny Michelle, James White. This is this is easy for me. I love this. I love when uh, the week before it's like Gronk was a decoy because you kind of let the Chiefs think that maybe they're maybe they're not going to utilize him as much. Like, you know what, guys? Like, see, they can throw to all these receivers. We don't have to double-team Gronk. And then Gronk just absolutely eats all of the Chiefs linebackers up. It's, I'm in on that the Chiefs are going – I'm still on my heater thing. I am Ride off, that heater. I am off the heater, still on the Chiefs. I'm riding the Patriots, minus three and a half at home. Bill Belichick, I, like, just kind of how you said, like, He's not going to lose to Mike Holmgren. Everyone's just, oh, Chiefs this, Chiefs that. Mike Holmgren is the best. Like, no, no. <laughs> oh, wait, now I'm totally just shooting yeah, up. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> Andy Reid. Andy Reid, oh my gosh. Like, what are you talking I about? Like, I, I was just thinking of, oh my God, I was just thinking of those exact same people in my head. And I knew who I was talking about Andy Reid. But uh, 
Mike Holgram from from uh, the what's it called from oh, the Seahawks. Well, this wow, is they, bad. This is bad juju, wait, ladies and gentlemen. Now that I'm thinking about, look how much they actually look like. If you you think should about all it. take the, the Chiefs. <laughs> Lou just gave the worst juju of all time. If, um, if we can, we look this up. Mike Holgram looks like dude. That's Andy Reid. That, 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 yeah, that, 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 that was that was a brain snafu. Is a brain snafu. We know that happens on each podcast episode. It just depends on when it's going to happen. I can uh, see Mike Holmgren, Andy Reid. On a rock in the Pacific, two walruses. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy from Mob. Uh, and that's it. We're done. We're done with this. We both picked the Pats. There's our schedule. You got a parlay? Uh, yeah, I got a parlay. All right. What uh, do we got? I got Notre Dame, LSU, Bears, and Rams. All right. I got Notre Dame, uh, UCF, and then I'll take... Oh. The over of the Bucks Falcons, a nice three teamer. Oh wait, so I got I got a little confused too because we didn't finish fill out all the names. Uh, Colorado's for sure in there, and you got me so riled up on the belt Bucks Falcons. Four teamers are lame. Uh, we're going with six teamer. So I got no. I only have a three teamer. Yeah, well that well I had a four teamer and I didn't like that anymore. So I got Notre Dame, LSU, Bears, Rams, Colorado, and Falcons Bucks over. And then I got Notre Dame, UCF, Falcons Bucks over. Kev, that was a darn good podcast. Good luck and happy picking.